When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the Girls and Boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B Boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A Boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Ravi Lula, DB here with me. And we are joined now on the War Horse Sports Hotline by Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, how are you this morning? Good. How are you good? Welcome back, David. Sam, I, I'm good, man. Not not only did I miss you, um, I appreciated your, your social media tweet. that You said that's good news. Is that just so I could stay out of Nebraska's hair having a job? Or, like, <laughs> what made that good news? I didn't know you liked talking to me. I like talking to you. Hey, you're a good man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you now, you're good. You're 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 good for the industry. You're good for the industry around here. We we need to have your voice a part of it. I I, pre- I appreciate part that. of it. Hey, can I ask you some kind of off off topic here, real quick? Yeah. As as folks that follow the Bears in your household, <laughs> was the McMichael story and kind of the that the the seemingly into that journey different in addition to supersede take precedent over the fact that you got three bears going in to that deal like kind of a a a big deal for the organization how how did somebody that has it so near and dear to their heart how'd that hit oh it hit it hit really good um so yeah mcmichael has steve mcmichael has als and um you know he I think you could you could say in some ways he wasn't the best player on the '85 Bears. That was was Walter Payton, but but you know we lost Walter a long time ago, and so McMichael was sort of like the the fun side of the '85 Bears, and so it's um, it's good to see him get in. Uh, it's it's three very it's not three different eras of the Bears, but three very different Bears got in. So he got in Julius Peppers, who probably belongs to Carolina more than. Chicago, and then uh, Devin Hester. It was the first return, return, uh, true returner in the in the history uh, of the sport to get in. So it was very cool. Uh, McMichael's story is is you know pretty amazing. Um, I think he was pretty universally liked. Yeah, I couldn't uh, believe Ryan's response on set. Like that was kind of powerful, even as big a goober as Ryan can be sometimes. Yeah, it you know it, it, it's it's a cool. It's a cool thing for the Bears, and we have a lot of history. That's what we have as Bears fans. We don't necessarily have a great present, uh, but we have this, this amazing past 
and uh, we have a particular that one year. And and the Bears get a lot of players in the in the Hall of Fame. They yeah. they just do. I mean, Earl Locker's there. Um, one day Lance Briggs will be there because he he was better than Earl Locker. Um, and then, I think only Bears know, fans know that. Yeah, maybe because <laughs> I I 100 agree with you, and I'm not a fan, but I am a nerd, so that I like I pay attention to oh, that yeah. just because you know Dan Jackson. There are so many of you guys that are Bears fans, mm-hmm. and yeah. I just remember him fawning over Lance Briggs. Like, oh yeah, he and yeah. he's a football guy, obviously, right? And it's like he's like yeah. DB. I'm just telling, you. and I never liked Erlacher, so that's <laughs> so. It, but it brought it to my attention because he's a Bears fan. Yeah, and Wilbur Marshall will be in the in the hall one day too. Um, you know, he belongs in there now. Uh, you know, but but he'll be in there one day. So they'll have a bunch of you know, they won't have the entire '85 Bears defense in there, but they'll come close uh, one day. Wilbur Marshall was my favorite player uh, growing up, and and he belongs in the hall for sure. So you know, there, there's a couple more out there that'll eventually find their way in. I uh, thought you'd I'm be like a Michael. like a Gary Fensick guy or Richard Dent. You, you, aren't you like an old school bar over the face mask kind of guy? Yeah, I like Gary Fensick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the late Dave Duerson. Uh Yeah, Dent. He was he was great. Um, you know, obviously, Mike Singletary was probably the most famous player in some ways on that defense in terms of the one that everybody remembers really closely. But there were so many good players: Otis Wilson, Bill Marshall. Um, you know, uh, just people should just go watch it sometime, the highlights of that team, and they will see that it was, you know, different than any. And, and I know there's been statistically better defenses. The Ravens had a better defense in the 2000s, but there just hasn't really any been anything quite like that team and that, that defense. It was it was pretty special. We're talking with Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, I'm going to change gears here on you a little bit because I don't have a lot to say about the 85 Bears. But That's good. Uh, we, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I do have a little bit to say about what we saw in Lincoln yesterday with yeah. one of the uh, – I mean, I don't, I don't have a better one. One of the better women's basketball crowds we've probably ever seen in this state with Caitlin Clark coming to town. Seemed like through three quarters she was destined to break that record, and then Nebraska happened in the fourth quarter. How – I guess put into context for me how important – and how big of a day that was for Amy Williams and her team. Really important. Um, it was, you know, one of those one of those moments that uh, could, you know, could be could change the trajectory uh, of the program. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, they play Ohio State Wednesday night, and that team might be better than Iowa, um, but we'll see. You know, I think I think that was the only other team really to beat important. Iowa. So you you, you right. might be right. Right. Really important game though. Uh, to be able to to send out to recruits and say this is what we can do, um, you know, I I would say that uh, you know Nebraska's got uh, good coaching, they need better players, uh, and, mm. and you know for much of yesterday, um, you know I would just had the best player on the floor. Uh, everyone else I think was pretty evenly matched. To be honest with you, I think Nebraska's probably the better team if you take Caitlin Clark out of it. Um, but you know for a lot of that game, uh, Caitlin dictated um, a lot of what was going on. And, and then in the fourth quarter, I don't know. They're, they're never going to say, you know, I, uh, you know, the coach, we didn't get a chance to talk to her. She was upset. I think they thought that their lead was safe. And I think that they thought, well, you know what, let's just look, go ahead 
and take this show back to Iowa City and break the record on Thursday. And and I, I and they shouldn't have done that. They I think they should have just went ahead and and put the put the gas pedal down and and finished the game. They got a little ponderous late. You know, they kind of threw it around, and players are kind of looking at the, you know, looking at the shot, not sure if they're going to shoot it. And it just gave Nebraska enough room to make its run. And then I think Iowa got tight, and then they just started missing shots. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was yes, it was Nebraska. I think it was also Iowa really melted down and, and just didn't play well at the end. And um, on, on some level, that that's as big of a deal to Nebraska fans as Nebraska winning. Um, mm. I think the feeling that people have about her, about Kaylin Clark, about that team and that coach, um, it all kind of fit perfectly yesterday. It was a it was very meaningful um, uh, it, way to have that game in because for three quarters, that was that was let's be clear that was Iowa City West. Mm-hmm. I mean the Iowa fans were louder than the Nebraska fans. The Nebraska fans were kind of sitting there. They were kind of taking it. And and um, it was it was a pretty interesting, and, and then Nebraska kind of makes that run at the end, and and uh, yeah, so it was it was it was a big moment for for Williams, and also a big moment for the program. Now, Sam, let me ask you something. Well, I got two things, so um, I'm going to try to be efficient here, which is not the DB way. I, I remember a couple. This is maybe a year ago. I was talking to Jessica Cootie, and um, we were talking about Jazz Shelley. And I said, and I've said this, I've talked about this reference before, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a comic book guy, and, and, I, and I like this reluctant hero thing. I, I'm a big daredevil guy. Like, reluctantly, he kind of defends, and he's the hero of, like, Hell's Kitchen. Jazz Shelley reminds me of Daredevil. She's like this, she could be a superstar, but it's not, it doesn't seem like it's in her nature. She's very other center. Sometimes I want her to shoot more or take more control of games. When when you look at her response in crunch time, and yesterday wasn't the first time, it was just the most notable because it was the number two team in the country. Yeah. How many times do you look at her during the course of a game and say, hey, you know what? Like you're capable of doing that more. I think you should. But it doesn't fit with kind of what she means to that team. Or does it? No, that's a great point, and and I think Amy Williams would would say the same thing that she wants Jazz to shoot more. Uh, and yeah, I think that's evident to people who have watched her for three years. That um, you know, when she goes to the, what's interesting is when she goes to plays professional basketball wherever it is, she's going to be a shooter. Uh, I, I don't anticipate she's going to be a point guard, mm-hmm. uh, so she better get used to it. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know, I I think uh, I, I think yeah. I think she could shoot more, and she could probably score more. Um, I do know that they have a huge emphasis on on getting the ball to uh, to Alexis Markowski and getting paint touches for her. And so I think Jazz. Is she was on so that. good on the glass late yesterday. That's going to fly under the radar, Markowski. Yeah, yeah, she plays very very hard. So one of the things that I think, and I've I've written about this oh, a couple weeks ago or something. Now, Nebraska. I mean, Jazz kind of can blow by players, but but she's not Caitlin Clark. And so, like, what makes Caitlin really good and will make her really good in the NBA, WNBA, if she actually can go by anybody? Mm. And so if you think that you're going to play her, you know, going to the left and doing the three-point thing 
and you're going to overplay that. She'll score 35 at the rim. She's not afraid to do that. Jess can't do that. Mm -hmm. That's not something that she can do. And so, you know, they have to work for shots a little bit more. And, and, and so I think there's a kind of like, hey, let's find the open shot instead of taking a slightly contested shot. And the reality is that the game-winning shot was a contested three, and Jess can make those quite often and, and probably need to take them a little bit more often. Um, she did on Sunday, and, you know, they, they won the game. I think um, they have a player coming who can get by almost anybody. I'm not going to call her Caitlin Clark. Um, but she can get by almost anyone in Brit Prince, and that will help. Because once you have somebody kind of like They, they do have some similarities. I don't they think do. that's far-fetched, Sam. I've, I've, I've watched Brit since do. she's been in the sixth grade. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have some. You know, and, and I think, you know, um, I'll have a story comes out later about Nebraska just want to put that on her. And, and I don't blame them for not wanting to because Britt personal, personality-wise is not the same. Yeah, I was going to say, you talk about a reluctant superstar. Like, that's yeah. definitely BP. Right. Um, but she can get by people, and that matters. You have to have players, especially, well, it's true in men's basketball, too. She's ambidextrous. You've got to have players who can get by everybody. And, and if you have that, then all of a sudden it changes everything else uh, on the court. And, and, you know, that's the one thing that Iowa has that Ohio State has it, too. People who watch that game on uh, Wednesday night will see that Ohio State has three or four players who can do it. Um, it's probably the thing that Creighton, which is probably a five, five or six seed, is kind of missing. They don't have that player who can get all the way to the rim with great consistency, and so they have to make shots, and Creighton often does, but they don't. Uh, they don't necessarily have somebody who can get to the cup over and over. Sam, should I apologize for? Uh, I mean, you know me. I'm the king of toxic masculinity, or maybe I should offset sure. it and say I'm the queen of toxic masculinity. Um, but for for fear of wanting to keep this job for <laughs> another day, uh, the comps that I give for Clark are mostly male related, right? Uh, she shoots mm-hmm. it better than LeBron and Magic, but she sees the floor equally as well. She's a great passer. She she has the range of like a Steph Curry, but he doesn't have near as many. Uh, assist per pass attempt. So, like, I'm, I find myself giving male references. I watched yesterday at PBA how all these little girls are rocking Iowa gear. Even a significant amount of people from Omaha, these little girls rocking Iowa gear. She's 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 changing. She's doing like a Tiger Woods, kind of a Serena Williams thing where she has this young audience that is captivated by her. It, 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 is she just so good I shouldn't apologize for the male comparisons? Or do I need to be better? Because that's really all I can think of. Well, I mean, I, I think there are, are female comparisons to make. You know, for Diana Taurasi is one um, she's better than Tarasi though well one of the challenges that we have is that Caitlin plays for a team where she's better than everybody on the team and Connecticut (laughs) Connecticut Uh, although Martin and Stokier they're pretty good (laughs) no I'm kidding you know at UConn that wasn't always the case you know you had players playing with each other who were equally good and then you go to the WNBA and, you know, different things happen. So I would say that Caitlin Clark is the second best player I've ever – well, no, she's the best player 
that I've ever seen play against Nebraska. The best one was a gal by the name of Alyssa Thomas, who played for Maryland, Maryland. I don't know, 12 years ago, and I think she's been a WNBA MVP or something like that. She, she was really that I good. I knew Maryland. Too. Yes, DP. It, it, it doesn't, um, you know, not that many players come along that, that have some of the, the skill sets that Clark has. And I, I'm not sure that, you know, and, and Amy Williams, who, if you're talking to her just one-on-one, can give you a really good rundown of why Caitlin Clark's good. And it's not just like, oh, she's really good. I mean, she could talk for four minutes about it because she's had to scout her, you know, for 100 hours. And so there are not many players who can do those things um, all equally well. And so it, 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 it's reasonable when you see somebody who might be the best that we've ever seen um, to have those kinds of conversations, uh, you know, I, I think it's Jazz, I don't know, would, is the biggest fan of Caitlin Clark, and I don't blame her for that. She's the one player who could probably have the most insight because she played with Sabrina Ionescu for two years, and those are probably the two that you would, that you would, uh, that you would compare. And maybe there will be a moment where you can ask about that now that they've beaten Iowa. So, um, you know, she's probably the one that has the best perspective on, on, on comparing those two. But, no, Clark is, you know, she's, she's one of one. She's the one. And, and sometimes as a sports writer, people are very hesitant to say that because, well, you know, let me go through my catalog of memories and, and, and equivocate. No, she's the best. Uh, she's the best that I've ever seen, and she's the best that I think there's ever been. And that's hard for people to say. Um, but but I think that'll bear out when she goes to the WNBA as well. We're talking with Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, want to change gears on you here a little bit uh, and ask about Tony White. Obviously, his name's been mentioned in connection with that UCLA job. What is your level of concern that Tony White ends up leaving for UCLA? Moderate. Mm. I think it, it's going to come down to. Um, I mean, I think that's a job that that uh, it's reasonable for Tony White to take. It's his alma mater. It's a power four job. Uh, you know, I, I think there are things about that job that, uh, if, if he really thinks about it, are going to be hard for him to win there. Uh, I think hard for anybody to win there based on where they play, even though they play in the coolest stadium, uh, the proximity of that to their, their training facilities. Uh, the 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 continuing and relative difficulty uh, to build a roster, um, how he would assemble a coaching staff, uh, you know, quickly. That would be a real rebuild because Chip Kelly didn't, you know, Chip Kelly was doing it with fewer players than most people do, and he was kind of keeping it together with his own system. And that that's a lot to expect Tony White to say. Well, I'm going to be Chip Kelly. I mean, that's that's a lot. I mean, Chip Kelly's been a head coach for a long time, so. Um, now, if I were UCLA, um, I don't know that Tony White's first on my list, and that's not a knock on Tony. I think you have to really think about, okay, is there a current sitting head coach that we also like uh, that would have that would take this job? And I'll tell you what, if they had fired Chip Kelly two, you know, two months ago, I think Jed Fish would be their head coach, you know, the guy that's at Washington now. Um, and But Chip Kelly decided, no, you know, and actually I'm going to get out in front of this, and I'm going to – uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to you guys, and so I think UCLA's you know a little bit. They tried to go get PJ Fleck. I guess that didn't work, and and so I don't know. I mean, Tony White could could get that job very quickly because I don't know how many coaches are going to want that job 
uh, sitting head coaches are going to want that job, you know. And I, I don't think I don't think Barry Odom uh, would would turn it down. Um, I just don't know if Barry Odom, you know, is a better pick than Tony White. I mean, Tony White at least knows every single person in Los Angeles. He can recruit to the school. Uh, simultaneously, there's there's been some some guys that could recruit to UCLA who were not successful there, and so you have to you know you have to think long and hard about whether that's something uh, whether that's something that you really want to do. And you know, I think he'd have a hard time turning it down. I just think it's a hard job to win at if you're a brand new head coach. He 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 would need uh, a lot of things to fall into place. Sammy Mack. Now I know full full disclosure. Uh, I'm I'm I know I'm privy to. Um, all the things that went into the U- USC defensive coordinator job. And so I'm coming at this from that angle, right? The 11 and a half hour, the decision, the thought process. And I say all that to say, Sam, can't, I almost wonder, and I'm not, not going to call him and see, but can a guy know too much? Do you think, can, can he be too, as, as my old boss, Jay Nottle, used to say, I'm going to handicap you with the facts. Can he, can he know the shortcomings? Can he know what it's like to go against SC? Can he see where they're at? Can he see that it's a short turnaround to put its staff together? Can that offset going back home? Because it just seems like he's so calculated. Maybe I'm just talking myself into... There's no way he'd be rushed. Yeah, I mean, I think that's entirely possible. I, like, I don't know, right? I need, I don't know. There's, there's flaws in every job. I mean, you know, almost every job. And so, like, there, there's, there's drawbacks to that job. At the same time, it's a power four job, and it's probably paying $5 million. And so he'll have to make the assessment of, can I win here? Because if, if you can win there, then you get to stay there. And if you win there, then you can go somewhere else. Mm. Um, but if you lose there, you know, the, chance, the, the next head coaching job, if you don't win at UCLA, is, is probably not as good of a job. Um, or, or it's a really bad situation. Like Carl, Carl Durrell, his second head coaching job was at Colorado, and he took over a mess. Mm. And he took over a total disaster. So... You know, this this is one of those moments. And I think what Matt Rule would tell him is you need to be put yourself in a position where the job that you take, you know, align, their expectations align with their commitment. And does UCLA's expectations, it, does UCLA expect to win a Big Ten championship? They probably shouldn't. They should probably expect to win, you know, I don't know, eight games. Um, obviously, Chip Kelly did not feel like the expectations aligned with the commitment. And as a result, he left, and so Tony White needs to make that decision. And then UCLA needs to decide they're okay with not hiring a, a sitting head coach. Um, if I were UCLA, you know, I think you know, looking at a sitting head coach that's been a head coach for a while uh, is probably something I would consider. Yeah, you got Len, you got Chadwell, you got Reese. Chadwell is the White. one that when, when, when Sam was talking about a, a guy that could hold it together with a system, Chadwell is the guy whose name popped into my mind. Sam, thoughts? Sure, I mean that's again that's fine. If you if you want to hire a, an offense, you you can you can do that. Um, again, it's a tricky job because it's not a pack it's not a Pac twelve job anymore. Yep. Um, so you're not selling a kid on you know playing up and down the coast. You're you're selling a kid on playing in the in the best league 
uh, and they'll say it's the best league in college football. I, I think the SEC is slightly better, but they'll just say, "Hey, this is the best league in college football. This is this is the the you know the training ground for the NFL." And uh, so you have to recruit nationally. You know, you're you're going to have to recruit a little bit more than just Southern California. Are, are you prepared to do it? You know, all those things. Those that's the challenge. Mm. That's Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Great stuff, Sam. As Good stuff, always, Sam. we will talk to you again next week. Take care. Appreciate it. That's Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. DB. It's a lot, lot in there. lot in there. I want to get back to the Tony White stuff Okay. coming up. That's DB. I'm Robbie Lula. We will have more of Herd at Sports Radio on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities.